think the Gaithers wrote that. And you know, out, you go out, it's rained, and you smell the freshness in the air. And the name of Jesus, it's a, what a name, the name of Jesus. Take our Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Sorry, chapter 3. What am I saying? 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3. And uh, Alana, it's been two, last week Alana came. Then she came back on Wednesday, and I think you were even here Sunday night. And I kept telling her, I'm going to introduce you as a guest. I'm going to do it. And then I forgot, and I forgot, and I forgot. You just seem like a regular around here. That's all it is. And so I want to officially welcome Alana to our service today. Let's welcome Alana to our service today. And so, yeah, I forget lots of things. But you just seem like a regular. That's what it is. So that's a good thing. And so there are Bibles of 1 Peter chapter number 3 today. One verse, only small paper in your hand and you're thinking it's be quick we'll know in a second he's been around for a while now i know this sandy i know you know you normally sit towards the back you're up at front so you see more today that strapping young man abram's been coming for like six years now. no it's been like uh, i think about a month a month or two so but yes so Thank you, Sandy. I'm, you're alert today. It had to have been that extra hour of sleep. Now, ha, how many of you feel rested today with that extra hour of sleep? Anybody? How many of you don't? It's your own fault. It's your own fault. I got to watch my football game last night in USC 1. That was a good thing. I got to watch that. Got to work on my sermon. I got I thought to myself, praise the Lord. It's only 10.50. And then I got an extra hour of sleep. I was up by 5 this morning, did a 5-mile walk and jog this morning, getting my mind ready for the service, and good to go. I got energy this morning, and those songs just give me energy. I have a pastor friend, uh, Jason Brown, he pastors in San Diego. He, um, he's about 40, 41, and he has, he has some skin cancer on his face from the sun and things. And so two weeks ago, he cut out. But he's one of those in the pulpit. He's like an energy ball. He just doesn't stop. He's like the energizer bunny on steroids would be this guy. And so it, it won't close up like it's supposed to. So his doctors told him that he shouldn't even preach right now. But he says if you preach, just calm down. And for him, he just can't be calm. So I texted him this morning. I said, hey, I'm praying for you. This is the best way to stay calm when you're preaching. Don't think about Jesus and all that he's done for you. Don't think about how much God loves you, and you can stay calm. And so he's like, yeah, really, right? And so I'm going to have to tune in later on to see how he did if he stayed calm this morning. But I doubt he stayed very calm. It's just not in his DNA there. I was going to do a few verses this morning, but thought from this passage. Now, the problem is sometimes I have thoughts, and they're good thoughts, and sometimes they're not so good thoughts. This is from the Bible, so it's going to be a good thought. But it's not a long thought. But I want you to see this verse today, and I want you to pay attention to it. And I believe it can be a help to you and to myself as we look at it. First Peter 3, verse number 12. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. We see the Lord's face... His eyes and his ears all mentioned in one verse. And it got me thinking. We're going to talk about that this morning. Father, we need you this morning. I need your help. Pray that you guide us and help us. 
And I pray that this thought this morning could be an encouragement and a help to your people. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There are times I preach, and those are long sermons. There are times I give a Bible study. That's where I teach in the Bible. And then this would probably be a sermonette, but I call it a thought. Okay? So this is a thought this morning. This last summer, my kids played in a basketball league. All four of them did. Now, um, it's a small, it's a, it's a Baptist church, Lighthouse Baptist in Laverne. They have a Christian, they have a league during the summer. It's Saturdays only, which is nice. And so my youngest is five, the oldest is 11. And so my five-year-old wasn't going to be able to play because he was too young. But I think playing with his brothers and things, they let him play. Well, as he would play in those games, and as we're there watching him, that last game, he scored like eight points. And afterwards, he let us know and reminded us he scored eight points. He might not have scored two points, maybe he scored two the rest of the year, but he got eight points in that final game. One of the things that I noticed over and over again is after he would make a shot, what he would do is he would turn around to see if mom and dad were watching. Did mom and dad see that? David, our redhead, he's eight, and David played as well. And he did really well throughout the year. And this is what would happen. When he would do something good on the court, what would he do? He would turn to see that mom and dad were watching. Now, I never saw him when he turned over or he airballed, airballed a shot. He never turned to look at us. But when he did good, he's turning to see that we're watching him. Now, this year, my daughter wanted to play Alyssa. And if you know Alyssa very well, she is a, she's a girly girl. And basketball and her, I just didn't think would mix very well. I thought, oh, the, the ball hit my nail, and that would and be the end for her. She did really well through the year. And this, she would get a rebound or something, and what would she do? She might not get back on defense, but she would turn and get her big smile on her face and make sure we saw what she was doing. And you say, well, they probably grow out. Nope. My 11-year-old, William, any game I was at, whatever he did, he would look up to see watching him and see him do good on the court. There was another kid there that I noticed one day, and that kid was playing, and he wasn't the best of players there, and he had one of his parents were there that day. Well, this kid made his first shot of the year, and he was so excited he made a shot. He turned to look at his parent, and that parent was reading a book and didn't even see their son make the shot. And you just look at that boy, and he, was, he wanted his dad to see that, his parents to see that. And they didn't. We like people to see us and to see what's going on. You know, men, it's like, I thought about this the other day. Isn't it amazing? We'll do something, and what do we do? We get our wife or someone, hey, come look at what, look, come look at what I did. You know, my wife's never taken me through the house after she's cleaned it and said, hey, look at what I did. Look at what I did. Do something. I'm like, hey, look at what I did. Do you see this? It's good, isn't it? I don't know. It's something about being a man. But then the, the Lord looked at creation. He's like, it's good. He even looked at his creation. And so we like, and for my kids, they liked getting that attention and me watching them. A week ago, my, um, my nephew, he's a senior in high school, and he goes to the, you say, is this all going to be stories this morning? No, we're going somewhere, okay? There's, it's a thought this morning. That's all it is. It's a thought today. 
My um, nephew is a senior in high school, and he goes to the same Christian school I went to as a kid. So he plays football, and it's flag football. It's a Christian league. What do you do? And then basketball. And so it was the tournament for football. And so we went to that tournament, and after the game, my older brother and his wife, they're out there taking pictures with my nephew. It's his senior year. They're doing a lot of extra things because he's going to go to college. He's going to forget about him and all of that. And it made me go back in my mind to when I was a senior in high school. Football, my parents were there. My mom's health was too bad. Now, after the game, when I got home, I had to sit around with her and tell her every play of everything for like two hours. She wanted to be there, but physically she couldn't. Coming up in the next couple months, when my nephew plays basketball, there'll be a senior night. And that night, you give a bouquet of flowers to your mom, and they honor the student and their parents. I was the only one who didn't have someone there for me that night. But they wanted to be, which, is, which helps. Because there are many in this room, you had parents or a parent that didn't care anything about you. They didn't care what you did. They didn't go to it. They, you know, just get out of the house and we'll see you tomorrow. You know, or come back later on night. They don't care what you did through the day. But you have a Heavenly Father this morning that has his eyes on you. He's never got his head buried in a book. He sees you score the shot. He sees it when you mess up. And he still loves you in spite of it. You have a father this morning that not only sees you, but he hears you. And you have a father who doesn't like bad things that people do and evildoers. I want to give you a simple outline this morning and a simple thought, and we'll be done. Number one, we see that his eyes are on us. What a God. We see this beginning of this verse here. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. So this morning, if you are a child of God, you've been washed with the blood of the Lamb, and you are made righteous in Jesus Christ. You've been imputed righteousness. So when this verse says his eyes are on the righteous, may I just help you this morning? His eyes are on you. He sees you this morning. And when you're doing good, when he sees that, when you're having a bad day, he sees you having that bad day. He's right there with you. His eyes are on you. Many people think that God's this old man upstairs that created life, and then he steps back, and he doesn't care what goes on in the day-to-day. No, you have a God today that loves you, that his eyes are on you. He thinks about you, the Scripture tells us. His eyes are on you this morning. One of my favorite psalms in all the world, or of all of them, of the 150 of them, is Psalm 139. I'm going to read the entire chapter to you this morning. And I think there's only 14 verses up on the screen, but there's more to it. So if you want to take your Bibles and go there, look at this passage, Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. That could be trouble sometimes, right? But there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And it is high, I cannot obtain it. 
Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. Do you see in these verses right here how life is important? And conception is when life begins. And when you read these verses right here, especially verse 15 and 16, when we're unperfect, when our members are all together, God knows us then. It's God sees those things. That's why abortion is wrong. I can say more about that than I will in a few minutes. When we continue here, it says, My substance wasn't hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the, the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance. See, the Lord sees it. Yet being unperfect and in thy my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned. There was none of them. Look at verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Hey, this morning, church, you have a father that sees you. He sees you this morning. You have a father that loves you, one who thinks about you. Did you read that verse there? How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great are the sum of them. If you go to the beach and you, I, I hate sand. You know why I hate sand? Because it gets everywhere. There's t so many small grains and it just, it, it had to have been part of the curse. That was, sand was one of those things. Maybe sand was a lot nicer back, I don't know. But anyways, you pick up a handful of sand, you can't even count all those grains. And David says in the psalm, how precious are thy thoughts. God thinks about you today. And he thinks so much about you is more in number than the sand. God sees you where you're at. He knows you. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you go to bed. He knows when you're eating lunch. He knows everything about you. He loves you today. And his eyes are fixed on you. What a thought. What a passage. What a truth. We see number one this morning. His eyes are on us. Number two, his ears are open to us. Look at our text there. Text. Got to go back to our text. First Peter chapter 3 there, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. He hears you this morning. I mentioned in the service, and I'll give, this I'll give a couple of examples here. When Caroline and I were dating, we're talking eons ago, back in the year 2005. <laughs> wasn't that long ago. When we were dating, she would go home every once in a while, and her home was literally in Timbuktu, in the middle of Minnesota. Literally. You literally are in the middle of nowhere. You see, when I first went out there for the first time, I thought she was taking me somewhere to kill me and leave me there, because that, it's like a scene you would see from a horror movie in the middle of nowhere with no one anywhere. He still doesn't even have natural gas running through the city. Everyone has a propane tank at their house. That's the way they do it. And so when we first started dating, 
you know, cell phones were just starting to come out. They were not, you know, it wasn't anymore like the, Batmob the big phone in the car and you had to pick it up like that. It was a flip phone, okay? It had moved to a flip phone. I remember people saying, you can send text messages on this. And I'm thinking, why am I going to text somebody? I'll just call them. And now I text people all the time and don't call them. Technology. Anyways, and so I would, she would be at home and I would try calling. Her dad, and I don't know, maybe they didn't have, I'm sure they had call weighing in those days. But anyways, they had a modem at their house. They were still on a modem. You know, I can't even make that noise to sound like the modem. But he would be on the internet for a long time. And I know he was researching the Bible and looking up his end times prophecy and all that great stuff like he does. But if the modem is on, you cannot get through. And there were so many times I pick up my phone and I dial that number and the busy sign. I'm like, oh. So five minutes later, busy. An hour later, busy. So what did I do? I bought her a cell phone finally. And wouldn't you know, cell phone wouldn't work in that little town. You basically go out of town, up on this little hill, stand on your toes, and you might get one, one bar of service. Ridiculous. I couldn't get through when I wanted to get through. I mentioned Russ last service. Russ celebrated a birthday just a couple weeks ago. And so this is the thing. I have on my calendar, and we have the church one different things, so I know when people's birthdays are. So I always try. Now, most of you, you have a cell phone today, so I can send you a text, and I'll send you a little gift card to, you know, Starbucks or whatever and tell you to get something and happy birthday. But I know if I sent Russ a text, he's not going to even know what a text is. You know, what is this? He won't even know how to get it. And then if I send it to Joyce, she's going to go to Starbucks and enjoy that drink and never tell him about it. And I teased last service, and she laughed. I th she thought that could have been true. And so I call him on his birthday, and all circuits are busy. All circuits are busy. Okay. I call back 20 minutes later. All circuits are busy. I wait an hour. I call back. All circuits are busy. And I'm like, Russ, you just need to quit talking and get off the phone, man. You always. And so what ended up happening was I forgot the rest of the day and didn't wish him a happy birthday. He literally lets me know the next day or two, hey, um, you didn't wish me a happy birthday. I'm like, I called you three times, but I couldn't get through on your phone, Mr., you know. And uh, you just need to quit. I don't need, there are some people, he's got a few friends in church that he talks to. And uh, Richard and Mary, they haven't been in a while. But Richard and Russ, they can both talk. I don't know what they do. I just maybe think they both hold the phones out like this, and then they just talk, 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 and they both, I don't know how they could, couldn't get through. And I tried. You never have to worry about that with God. He hears you. He hears you. Our kids... I didn't even have to train them on this one. They don't go around the house saying, Dad, 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 Dad. They've never done that. You know what they do? Mom, 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 Mom. I'm like, that was great. I didn't have to train them on that one. Because, yes, if they start saying Dad all the time, what would I do? I'll give you a dollar just to say Mom all the time. Don't say Dad. Don't say Dad. But, but there will be times, and... And Caroline, she'll be doing something, or, you know, she'll be talking to someone, and then Matthew will just be standing there, Mom, 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 Mom. I'm like, Caroline, just answer him. I can't take the mom anymore. I can't take it. I just can't take it. It's like, oh, he's talking to me. Just can ignore it there. The Lord doesn't ever ignore you. He hears you. He hears you today. When you're going through it and you call out to him, he hears you. You know, the Bible tells us on Wednesday night at our prayer meeting, I went to Revelation chapter 5, 
And there's a passage there that talks about that there is a vial full of odors and of, of this, of, I sh let's just turn there. I just realized I haven't even, my iPad's over here laying dormant. You see this? I don't even have my iPad out today. Yikes, we're in trouble. All right, so go to Revelation chapter 5. That's pretty good when you don't even realize you don't have your notes with you. Revelation chapter 5. And look at verse number 8. It says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Do you know what the Lord does when we pray? He saves them. He's got vials full of our prayers. That's what it says right there. I'm not stretching that. Now you think about it. And uh, my parents this week on Wednesday, it's their 60th wedding anniversary. So a couple weeks ago, I was helping my dad clean some things out, and I found this box that is all their love letters to one another. They're like, did you read them? That's my parents. No, I didn't read them. Didn't even look in there. I did it to him, and I'm like, here you go. I don't want to read that. Why do they save those? They love one another. God literally keeps your prayers. He literally does. He hears you. His ears are open. He's not going, he's not losing his hearing. No hearing aid needed. What? No hearing aid needed. He hears you this morning. You have a God whose eyes are on you and whose ears are open to you. And number three and lastly this morning, his face is against those that do evil. Sometimes we look in our world today and we look at things going on and we think, it seems like people are getting away with what they're doing. No, they're not. They will answer to God someday. God has it all under control. I think about the children of Israel several times. Man, it seemed like Pharaoh and the Egyptians really had the upper hand, doesn't it? No, the Lord, the Lord is against those that do evil. The Lord helped his people. Remember when the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant? And they thought that was such a great thing, right? And I love how when they put the Ark of the Covenant in the same place where their statue to their God was, and literally they come in and their God is face down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. I, God has a sense of humor. He does. He made all of you and me and the fact that stuff like that would happen there. But he, and they ended up giving back the Ark of the Covenant because they didn't want it anymore. His face is against those that do evil. And we look at our world today and there's so many evil that call what they're doing good. And mocking things that are right. A little side note here. You know there's an election on Tuesday. I would encourage you to vote biblically. See where people stand on things and vote biblically. You know, I, you know, when it's, some places call it Prop 1, some people call it Amendment 1, whatever the case may be. They're literally trying to add to the California state constitution the right to have an abortion. 
and our wonderful governor will take Bible verses and post them in other states, do you realize God sees that? And he will answer to God for it. And the Bible makes it clear, be not deceived, God's not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There are times we go through and we look at people and we're like, why is life so easy for them? They don't, don't, God takes care of all that. His face is against those that do evil. The Bible says that. Now, one of the things I don't do very often is take one, preach one verse. A lot of people will take one verse and they'll preach a message and take it completely out of context and butcher it and do what they want to with it. What I love about going chapter by chapter is you really can't do that. So for my closing, I want you to think with me for a minute about everything that Peter has written under inspiration at this point. Peter writes this letter to strangers and pilgrims that are scattered abroad through all these different cities. He reminds them of the fact that they have a hope, that they have an inheritance, that they're kept by the power of God. And he reminds them of the fact that they're going to go through trials. And may I just remind you, in that day, there was a man named Day that really ran the world, you could say. He hated God, he hated Christianity, and he wanted to wipe it out. And he turned people against Christians. They would burn them, they would literally light them on fire, and they would be over his garden to light it up at night. They would take Christians and throw them in the arenas and have these animals devour them. They would burn them. They would do all the, they hated Christians. So Peter's writing this to them, and he reminds them of the fact, and maybe the persecution hadn't quite gotten to them, or they had left Jerusalem, they left the areas to try and get further away from the persecution. And we see that Peter tells them that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, Though it be tried with fire, it's, it's gonna, it means something. And God's doing a work in the midst of it. And he talks about the importance of living holy and letting your lifestyle be holy in the midst of the crooked world that they were living in. And it reminds them of the fact that they are redeemed by the blood of Christ and that the fact that God's word, it's incorruptible and it will last forever. And you've got to put away some things. And you need to take God's word and crave the word of God and let God's word change your life. And you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And you should live in light of it, all the things in this world. And even though you're a citizen of heaven, you need to be a good citizen as best you can. You need to be a good employee. You need to do well in your marriage relationship. And you need to do your best with all people. But in the midst of all of it, Peter reminds them, God sees you. I know the persecution is strong. I know you're scattered away from your family, not with them, whatever the case may be. God's eyes are on you. Hey, you might not be in Jerusalem, but God hasn't forgotten about you. God's eyes are on you. He knows right where you are. And when you feel like you got no one to turn to, no help anywhere, guess what? His ears are open, and he hears your cry no matter where you are. And I don't care if it's Nero, I don't care if it's Hitler, I don't care who it might be. God is against those and his face is against those that do evil. This was a comfort to God's people in these days. The fact that God's eyes were on them, his ears were open, 
and he is against those that do evil. May I just remind you in 2022, his eyes are on you. He sees you. He never misses the big shot. He sees it. And he sees when you make the big shot, and he sees when you miss the big shot, and he still loves you. His love doesn't change based on making or missing the big shot. He sees all of it. And when you cry out to him, he hears you. You know, he sees that tough time you're going through right now. He knows that family struggle you got right now. He sees you. He's right there. He sees you. He hears you. And he's against those that do evil. God's going to take care of all of it. Hey, church, he loves you today. He thinks about you. You can't get out of his mind. That's how often he thinks about you. He saves your prayers. He loves you. And he's working today. Let's never forget those things. Let's keep moving forward for the Lord. Father.